Welcome, Wildcats, to an, uh, I guess we're going to call it uh, an emergency, an uh, impromptu episode of Weber State Weekly's football show. Or remember the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. Um, on the show, Sean Lewis joining us to talk a little bit about some groundbreaking news. Let's flash those dubs, folks. I got to get mine up here. But uh, yeah, we got some groundbreaking news uh, yesterday, Sean, that um, the day we feared had finally come. It was a day we feared, wasn't it? Yeah, we talked a lot about it over the years, and then it finally came. Yeah, yeah. So uh, congrats to one Jay Hill um, leaving on his own terms, which I think 100%. is great. And yeah. and watching that video message, I, and there's not many coaches that leave a, a, a goodbye message for the former fan base as they walk out the door. And, and whoever, whether that was his idea or whether that was – you know, somebody in the SID's office that did that uh, classy move by Jay Hill to to give us that that goodbye message to all Wildcat fans. Yeah. And so, folks, you don't know. Yesterday, it was announced that after nine seasons, head coach Jay Hill would be moving on from Weber State. The day we like we said, we feared had finally come. Uh, Jay had taken uh, an opportunity down at Brigham Young. And so he became assistant head coach and defensive coordinator down for Kalani Sataki and his cra- and his crew down there. So big congrats to Jay Hill and his family family um you know obviously a big pay bump you know but also an opportunity for jay hill to play in the big 12 now and really show his quality we all know the quality of coach hill's defenses over the years and so um yeah man the day finally came and i agree sean i really enjoyed that message it was a nice kind of close to um an all-time great career. I mean, Coach Hill leaving as the all-time winningest head coach of in football at Weber State University. Um, talking to some folks, you know, that a phrase came up like, Coach Hill is on R- Mount Rushmore, on Weber State Mount Rushmore. And I don't think anybody can disagree with that. You know, build the statue is what I've been saying for two days. Build the statue, man. And, and I agree with that sentiment, uh, Colby. You've got a guy that short of winning percentage in every other category is the all-time great uh, football coach at Weber State. And, and as much as, as we give uh, deference to Sark's boys and Sark Arslanian, um, you know, the, the former great and, and, and all the great coaches that have come through Ogden on the way. Um, there's something to be said for the longevity. I think he was there longer than anybody else had the most wins. Um, obviously the most conference titles, most playoff appearances. Um, I, any way you look at it, he transformed, uh, he transformed wildcat football and, and to that end, um, took us from a pretty dark place, uh, two years of, the he who shall not be named uh, <laughs> and, right. and be, being, in, being the, uh, the spring coach for one season. And then two years of Jody Sears that uh, let's just be real, did not uh, produce many results and or good results in any way. And so uh, taking us from that point in what was a very, very rough first season to uh, a place that no Wildcat fan could have thought we would have been. And that's a, I don't know if we can call us a perennial, but a, a team that is going to be, or should be, or is expected to be by fans and national pundits alike, expected to be at the top of the big sky conference every year. And on the top of the national stage. Now we haven't got it done on the national stage, but Weber state football has a name brand going into 2023 that we did not have nine years ago when Jay Hill took the helm of the team. And, and so you have to give that credit to Jay and his team and, and his, his staff and the administration for giving him the support. And you look at all the things that we've done since he got here. Um, I think we already had the indoor facility. I think that was done right before he got there, right shortly after. I can't remember what year that opened. Um, But the North End Zone stuff, the stadium improvements, the big video boards at both ends, um, there's been a lot that, that we can credit to the success of the Jay Hill era. And, and there's, so and there's I, more coming this, you know, into, into the spring and into the summer as well. We're getting new yeah, turf. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be work on the East stands, like many, many yeah. improvements to Stewart stadium that just didn't exist yeah. nine years ago. 
Exactly. And so, so we are blessed and lucky to have had Jay Hill to have um, been a part of that. And, and I do not fault him one iota for no taking care of his family financially. 100%. We can quibble about the place, but I, I was, <laughs> I was texting a, I was texting a friend of mine who is not a Weber state fan and, and, uh, uh, he was giving me grief that uh, Jay left for the Cougs. And uh, I said, somebody comes to you and offers you three times the salary for technically less work, right? Yep. We, we think of a, he's associate head coach, but, but technically a step down in, in title, but three times the salary. And you're telling me nobody in America, I, I don't care how much you hate the place that you're going. By the way, this friend of mine has a degree from said institution. As much as he whines and complains about it, he has a degree from there and he knows who he, who he is. I'm going to send him the link to this pod because I'm talking about him. But uh, I, nobody's turning down that deal. Nobody in America is turning down that deal. No. And, and so I, this is long-term financial stability for the Hill family and and giving them a place where they can go and succeed. Now, look, the one fear that I have for for this, and this is my my hot take for for the for the night. Well, I've got a couple hot takes that we'll get to tonight, but but my one hot take for tonight is a plea to the fans of the team in Provo, and that is this guy is a legend. At Weber State, we love him dearly. Yep. Please, please, please do not chew him up and spit him out like you have every other legend that you guys have had on your field um, that has become a coach. And nobody chews up coaches like BYU. And I, I, I look, this is not a BYU-centric podcast, but I could go into a long diatribe about how Kalani, Sok- Kalani Sataki doesn't feel like his team. He's got people pulling strings on who his coaches are. Um, we could talk about how bringing in Jay Hill feels like a handholder advisor to the head coach. I mean, getting that associate head coach title as part of this deal um, feels like he's going in to kind of give stability to Kalani staff. Could I say that? Um, but I'm not a BYU expert. So, and, and nobody at BYU except the one guy that doesn't believe we exist and blocked me on Twitter many years ago. Um, uh, that shares a first name with me, um, his middle name, my first name, but, uh, uh, I, I think he's, uh, look, Jay Hill's going to do great down there. He's, they're going to do great things in the big 12. Um, I think they're going to have a rough year next year than their first year in the big 12. Of course, of course. But the defense, the defense is going to be much better just because Jay Hill's there. Special teams are going to be better just because Jay Hill's there. So I, I think I, I look, it's a good move for Jay Hill. Um, and after nine years, I don't want to say that you lose your voice because there's always new kids coming in, but sometimes you just, the change of scenery yeah. is good and, yeah. and, and can rejuvenate you in ways. And, and, and that's not to say that the coach was in a rut in any way, but, but I think sometimes change is good for everybody. Yeah, Sean, a couple things up to Dan Hubbler here in the comments on Facebook saying, agree with Sean 100%. They better take care of Coach Hill. I agree. And listen, guys, you know, Sean and I have legs to stand on here. You know, he and I both, you know, hold degrees from said institution, but Wildcats first here, ladies and gentlemen. So listen, we get to complain about school down south as much as we want because we paid the money. But we're here talking about Weber State. And so or, or in my case, the taxpayers of the United States of America are paying the money. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, but I, I think, you know, Sean, to talk, you know, we talked a little bit about the money there. I really don't think this is about money. You know, if you listen to some of the interviews that Coach Hill did today, you know, they kind of had him make the media rounds among um, among the BYU media, you know, answering questions, talking mm-hmm. about his his defensive philosophy and kind of what he likes to do. Because like you said, so folks aren't familiar with Coach Hill's scheme, with his defense, which is his strong suit. We've always had a great defense under Coach Jay Hill. And that's one of the big mm-hmm. reasons why that skill set was in such high demand to make the move to a team that is moving to the to a Power Five conference. But I don't think it was ever really about the money. And, you know, I think that this was just, if you listen to Coach Hill talk in those interviews today, he talked about progression in his career. And I think that that's yep. really what this is for, for he and his family. Like, they know that they, they could have moved on years ago. If you didn't know, Coach Jay Hill could have gone and, be, and taken 
taken the same job back at his alma mater, the University of Utah, after his first season at Weber State. He could have gone right back down to Salt Lake and said, hey, man, I'm becoming the DC at Utah and I'm going to hitch my wagon to that. But he didn't. He chose to stay in Ogden. He wanted to learn some things about himself and he wanted to build a program. And that's exactly what he's obviously, you know, his skill set commands a certain pay range and you know he's he's taking advantage of that but i don't think it was ever really about money i think for coach hill it was more about learning and now feeling like he's ready to take that next step in his career because also keep in mind like coach hill's not very old guys like like he's a pretty young guy and so there's he's got a lot of growth ahead of him and a lot of opportunity well and and to your point there colby where it's not all about the money and i i agree with you on that um Anybody that is on a professional track in their career wants to do their career at the highest level that they have opportunity to do that. And, yeah. and BYU joining the Big 12, no offense to our friends around the West of the big sky, but the Big 12 is a bigger stage. And no, he's no going no to dispute that, right? And, and he's going to see if his schemes work on the biggest stage. And, and one of the points I want to make about this transition and, and just the success of him as a defensive coach and play caller, he was defensive coordinator, I think it was for eight of the nine years, seven of the nine years. Yeah. Was it only six? I think it was six of the nine is what a newspaper article said. Okay. Fair. Um, But defensive coordinator for the vast majority of his time here in Ogden, Think of all the complaints that we have had about Weber State's football team over the last nine years. How many of them are defensive and how many are offensive? The defense has been the rock and the, the, stabili- the stability of the Wildcats over the last decade. And I think Full personally, stop. yeah, well, I think that personally, you know, Coach Hill kind of, if you, Coach Hill comes in and he, like you said, Sean, he sets the defense up as the hallmark of what Wildcat football is. And if you watch Big Sky football in the early 2000s or in the, in the 2000s and into the early 2010s, it necessarily had a lot of strong defenses, right? Like it wasn't necessarily known yeah. for that. Coach Hill comes in and implements his system. And I think he, he changes the culture of the conference as a whole because it's like, listen, you're going to have to play against a really hard-nosed defensive team in Weber State. And it's that very defense that t- carries the Wildcats to four straight conference championships. The other schools yep. get wind of that and they say, okay, we got to do the same thing. So now you're seeing those kinds of things happening at many other big sky schools. And so I think that, you know, Coach Hill had a part in changing the culture of not just Weber State, but also of the big sky conference. And now, Anybody who's anybody in the conference, if you're a, a genuine contender for the conference title, you've got a good defense. Like you yep. said, full stop. And I, I want to well, contribute, you know, some of that credit goes to Coach Hill. What's the old adage, Kobe? Defense wins defense championships. Wins championships. And uh, n- nothing, you know, you, you can look for no greater example than the Jay Hill era in Ogden, Utah, because it's 100% yeah. true. So, so congratulations to Jay. This is a great move. I, I like it. Um, I think he's going to do well there. Um, I just hope that the fan base doesn't chew him out. I mean, when, when that fan base uh, chirp, chirped and, and basically forced Ty Detmer, the, the most legendary of legendary quarterbacks in their history, and, and basically treated him like a piece of dirt. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Um, I, and I'm not, I know there's a ton of Cougar fans that are, are going to give me all the reasons why Ty had had to go, but gosh, that guy was a legend. I think he deserved better than what the, the Cougs gave him. And, yeah. and I just hope that Jay Hill doesn't do that. And, and I liked, I didn't know this about Jay Hill. Um, he talked on one interview about growing up in Lehigh and going to Cougar games as a kid. Yeah. And, and so this is a little bit of a homecoming and, and maybe something he dreamed about as a kid and, and who's to fault a guy for, for living out your dreams and yeah. getting paid to do it. Yeah. And, and I think the difference between, you know, what you're talking about with Ty Detmer and with Jay Hill is that, I mean, I came up from high school football in Texas, right? To Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's a whole. Yeah, I get it. Jay Hill has a system. Jay Hill and, and Jay Hill has proven that that system works time and time again in big big games Um, because I, I think that everybody would agree like you can't point to a game 
in a big game in Jay Hill's tenure where you're like, yeah, the defense just let us down. The defense just let us down. Like that, that, that is a rare occurrence. It was usually offensive issues that where the Wildcats couldn't get over the hump, but the defense always showed up, especially in some of those signature moments that we're going to talk about yeah. here in just a second. Yeah. So like you said, congrats to coach Hill. Best, Best wishes to him. Always welcome in Ogden. All love for Coach Hill in Ogden because of what he's done for us. And like you said, putting us on the map as, you know, not not always necessarily as a, a solid, yes, the Wildcats are going to win the national championship, but sometimes in those conversations, and that is just not, that's just not conversations that Weber State University had been in in previous decades, especially for the, the period that they were, you know, maybe you'd have a, 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 a peak year where you're going to get in the playoffs, you know, and you're going to maybe make up a little bit of noise, but nobody's talking about the Wildcats making a quarterfinals, a semifinal, or maybe even a potential run Frisco. Nobody was talking about that. Right. I need to brush up on my Weber state history, but I'm pretty sure the first trip to the playoffs was in the Ron McBride era. 2000 or did we have one before that yeah maybe we had one before that way back when but i we've been six times four of those are with jay hill yep. and and so in the entire history of weber state football you've got two other seasons where they may have peaked up that um i remember gosh i'm old enough to remember the back in the day on the on the scoreboard at elizabeth d shaw stewart stadium say that 10 times fast um there was a timeline of history of wildcat football that had all of like six entries in it. And one of them was the, the 1992, the team and fans that saved wildcat football um, from being, and we've talked about that before on the show, but, but the history of wildcat football um, you've got Jamie Martin, the team that saved him, Ron McBride and everything else was Jay Hill. At Sarkar Salient, sorry. Yeah, I was like, I mean, we, way back. We're like, Sark's boys, we like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I, but I hope when they do the South End Zone or whatever they're going to do, you got to give Jay Hill some of that same respect that, that Sark has in 100%. the pantheon of Weber State coaches. 100%. Now, people have been throwing it out a little bit today. They would love to one day see Jay Hill Field at Stewart Stadium. Sure. Um, I'm so on board with that. Like, I'm painfully on board with that. Uh, if only I had the money to make it happen. I would 100% Someday, Colby. And we're working on some things. We'll see. <laughs> but so, Sean, I mean, obviously, it's a change in what's been what's been happening in Ogden. Um, and I, I wasn't quite ready to turn the page quite yet because, I mean, obviously, we could look forward to the, this upcoming search. And we'll talk about that. But I wanted to reminisce just a little bit more about some of our favorite moments um, under Coach Hill uh, as Wildcat fans, you know, throughout the, 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 the last nine years. And so, Sean, I wanted to kind of put it to you, you know, Overall, if you could define, you know, your favorite moment, you know, the greatest day to be a wildcat when it came to football, what moment are you picking? So many Colby. Um, yeah. The, the things that stand out, you know, the, the first time making it to the playoffs, um, making it to the, making it to the quarterfinals, the win against Montana in the snow. That was a, a signature game. Oh, yeah. Um, one of my favorite Jay Hill moments, no lie, happened just last week um, when he called three straight timeouts to egg the kicker and was going like this to the Montana State crowd when he was getting booed um, for those three, three straight timeouts. Uh, <laughs> that just uh, that killed me. Um, but uh, the thing that's going to stand out to Jay Hill uh, to me is just the way he went about his business. He, he never th- threw players under the bus, um, never uh, talked down about anybody. He was a positive influence. You didn't see him. Uh, there were moments when he got fired up, but you didn't see him like yelling and cursing at everybody um, in any time he was, he was, cool on the sidelines. I, you, he was just a class guy as a football coach. Um, and, and just personally, um, you know, seeing him, I wish I had the juice that he had, um, bringing his XL, uh, cup of Mountain Dew into the purple palace for basketball games. He used to sit just down from me. Hey man, um, and, you gotta and be somebody to get that. I could, 
I couldn't bring that into the state the arena. Nope. And I'm like, man, that's some juice if you could do that. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and so just see that. But when seeing him come up the aisle, I stopped him a couple of times. You know, hey, coach, great game last week. Or, you know, talked to him, tried to get him to come on the show a couple of times. Um, but just uh, he was always classy to me. And, and you know, I, that, what more can you say to somebody that just treats you with kindness? And so, yeah. Uh, and so that, that was great. Yeah. I think for me, so those are my moments back to your question. Yeah. I think for me, um, I only met coach one time and it was at a Raptors game, actually of all places. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's Jay Hill. Like oh, the guy that's like, Oh, I need to go talk to a celebrity, you know? Cause like, sure. let's, be, let's be real. Sure. Coach Hill's a celebrity in Ogden, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend. And so like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go say what's up to him. And so I'm like, hey, coach, just want to say, you know, blah, blah, blah. I talked to him for a second. Like you said, super nice guy. No no problem talking to some rando guy at, at an Ogden Raptors game. So class act. But I think for me, my favorite Jay Hill moment is maybe one that folks wouldn't necessarily point to as like, really, Colby, you're going to pick that moment. But let me explain to you. So I think my favorite Jay Hill moment, well, my favorite moment in the Jay Hill era a little bit painful, but the 2017 quarterfinal against James Madison. Here's why. The Wildcats go into that game. A lot of people think they didn't have a chance. They had, you know, absolutely mm-hmm. handled Southern Utah in the, in, the, in the second round down in Cedar City. That's a legendary game. That was the game that we broke the birds because they were trash ever since. And then the Wildcats get the chance to go to Harrisonburg for the first time. It's the first time we ever faced JMU, right? And JMU is, I think, the reigning national champions at the time. And so yeah. everybody thought the Wildcats are going to get racked in this game. You know, Harrisonburg is a tough place to play, folks. We know that, right? We played them again there in 2019, and it didn't go so well in the semifinals. And so everybody had Weber State is just like, okay, cool. You beat SUU, you got your revenge, but like now this is big boy football. And that wasn't the case. Uh, the Wildcats were definitely in it. There were some key moments, uh, especially, you know, going into halftime where, you know, if that doesn't happen, the Wildcats probably pull out the win. But obviously, if you know that game, the pain comes where they the Dukes kick a last minute field goal and they they eliminate the Wildcats in the quarters and they move on. They end up going to the national championship that year. But I think the reason that I point to that moment as one of my favorites in the Jay Hill era is because I think that's where Weber State became for real. Because they had... Uh, I was... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Finish your thoughts. I'm because sorry. They, they, had, they had hosted Western Illinois, uh, a Missouri Valley football conference team in the first round of the first home playoff game in Wildcat history, and they handle business. Then they get their chance. Okay, now we're going to get revenge on the birds. And there was a lot of chirping, guys. There was a lot of chirping on Twitter that day, and it was awful quiet when the game was said and done on Twitter that night from birds fans. And I can't tell you how good that felt. But then it was like, all right, we're, we're playing with house money, right? And the way that the Wildcats played in that JMU game, it was like, yeah, this this program is it had gone to a, the next level. Where it was like, yes, we can genuinely talk about being a top four, top five team in the country because we just we just hung with the, the reigning national champion. I, I was going to say, I think that's the game where nationally, that's the game that gives us a brand as as a contender in in national FCS yeah. land, and and. I I remember that game because I wasn't paying very close attention to it because I was sitting at Vivint Arena uh, ready to listen to a concert. I won't name the band because I don't want to get ridiculed online, but uh, <laughs> it was it was a holiday concert and uh, um, I was sitting in, in my seat and I've got my wife and I'm pretty sure my mother-in-law next to me. And I've got the game on my phone watching it literally as the concert is starting. And I'm watching this last field goal uh, trying to go kind of ruined my whole night. The concert was not as enjoyable uh, after that. But but that's where I was for that game. And I'll I'll never forget that. Another cool thing that happened with that game was that um, I think that the university rented out a theater down at the junction. And I believe so. Yeah. Folks watched the game in a theater like. That was the first time anything like that had happened, right? It was like, you're going to run a whole freaking theater and people are going to show up to watch this game. And they did. And it was just like, man, just so much changed because of that game. And then, of course, the Wildcats host the quarterfinals for the next two seasons, right? Like, just incredible. Like, that sets them up to be something. Yeah, and 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 I hope that that momentum contain, can continue. And and I, uh, Jay's talked about that. He wanted to set up the program as something that could be sustainable and continue on. And I'm going to transition here, Colby, because I don't I don't we don't want to go too long tonight. But that's the ultimate question right now: 
is is the program sustainable? And I think the the hot take here is this coach, this coaching decision that the Weber State administration is going to make. And I say administration because I don't think it's just Tim Crompton's decision. Sure. I think Norm Tarbox is involved. I think Brad Mortensen is involved. Yeah. I think there's a couple other people. Um, and I I'm going to say that this is uh, a this is a turning point fork in the road for Weber State football and and this next coach. And you never want to be the guy that follows the guy. Right. But unless but you're following this, Jody Sears and here's why <laughs> Jody Sears is good luck. Chuck after two times now he leaves Weber State. We get Jay Hill. Boom. Success through the roof goes to Sac State gets gets fired. They get Troy Taylor. Boom. Success through the roof. All I'm saying. So if you're following Jody Sears, <laughs> you're probably in pretty good shape. But, but he's not that, the legend. You never want to follow a legend. legend. No. Yeah, you never want to follow a legend. And yeah. so I I think we're at a, a, a fork in the road for Wildcat football. And and I have expressed this to members of the school administration and and said specifically, you guys have got to get this one right. Sure. Because I think, I, I think they do. Um, but they've got to get this one right because if they don't get this right, we're right back to two win Jody Sears. <sighs> and and getting out of that hole is a 10 year process. Well, and so I don't know if it's 10 years. It can be. You know, you see Coach Hill and his progression over time, but like it's a multi year process if you go back to those depths, right? Yeah. Ma- and I think that's the- what we're seeing. We're, we're not. That's the that's the decision, though, Colby, is we've got to do that. Now, a lot of people online talking about a recent hire at another sport of Weber State that doesn't seem to be going well early in their season. Right. And, and are right there now, parallels yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> this is a little bit rough. I watched a game last night. So did 11 I. points in the first half. That wasn't so great. Um, but but the you know, the 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 coaching decision here is is very, very important. And so, uh, you know, whatever influence I have, make this a national search, make sure the public knows it's a national search. My fear when I heard this news was that they were going to have the same thing when Randy Ray left, that they were going to come in and say, we're going to do an internal hire. Here's our guy. Now, I am on the record. I'm going to put this out there. The next coach of Weber State football may already be on staff. Sure. That may be. Maybe. But go out and see the interest and see what who can come. And this is this is why, right? Look at what happened at the University of Utah. You get a fiery coach like Urban Meyer come in. Now, Urban Meyer's got a lot of problems and a lot of things, and, sure. and, and I don't want to go down that road. But good things two happen years, in his tenure at Utah, right? Two years at it, it, uh, Utah transformed that program, took it from where Ron McBride, who was a victim of his own success, got fired because he wasn't living up to the the standards that he had set for himself before he came to Weber State. And then you get two years of Urban Meyer that, that elevated the program, and Kyle Whittingham has done nothing but maintain that. We need the Kyle Whittingham coach, right? We need the guy that's going to come in and, and maintain the success or the guy like Urban Meyer, who's going to take the success we've had and take us to the next level. Yeah, because I, we talked about the brand, right? And about how like the wild, Wildcat football is now a national brand. Like I listen to yep. national FCA shows like there's I mean, you guys have probably had um, Zach from the Blue Bloods here on on Weber State yep. Weekly not long ago. You know, Zach is a guy who lives in Alabama and covers a lot of HBCU, some swack football, does, spends a lot of time, but also talks national FCS picture. And mm-hmm. that's a guy who has never been to Ogden but talks about Weber state because Weber state is a player on the national stage in FCS football. And so it's like, we've made that transition to big boy football now. And so that means you have to treat the search like big boy football and it should be treated. And the, the, the announcement has come out that it will be a national search. We'll see exactly what that means and the kinds of candidates that flow in. Um, but there's also been some, you know, throwing out of names and most of those names are, Names that are kind of close to the program, right? So Brent Wainsguard's mm-hmm. here in the chat. Uh, Brent asking, do we know if Coach Swan would be interested in returning? That's a name that has, I think, been really strong amongst the fan base. We put out some uh, some polls the day of that we got the news uh, that it was official that Coach Hill was making mm-hmm. the move down to Provo. And so we said, hey, who do you think would be the next head coach at Weber State? And so we put in a lot of names out there. Coach Swan won those polls in every single medium that we put it in, whether that was on Facebook in our Facebook group, whether that was on Twitter or on Instagram stories. 
And so a lot of fans feel really strongly that Coach Swan, you know, could be a guy. But I think that the difficult thing there is like we don't know if he has interest. And also it's probably a pay cut for him to come. And now that's not to say he wouldn't do it. Coach Hill did that exact thing when he came from Salt Lake to come and take on Weber State. And so, yeah, I mean, and so it just reinforces my point earlier, right? It's like, it's not about money for Coach Hill because if it was, he would have been gone a long time ago because he took a pay cut to come to Ogden. Yeah. He stayed here yeah. because he believed. And so I don't yeah. know if that's as important to Coach Swan. So we don't know, Brent. We don't know if Coach Swan is interested. But among the fan base so far, that's the name that I think has percolated to the top the most as, hey, we'd like to see that guy. But I'm with you, Sean. I want to see who flows in because we see the hire of Coach Mickey Mental this season, a guy who had spent his whole career in the state of Ohio, right? Then all of a sudden, D3 Ohio, uh, D3, yeah, and comes out and says, you know what? Hey, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to come and I'm going to, I'm going to come out to the West and I'm going to run, you know, the offensive scheme that I run. And folks, we've talked about the growth of the offense this season. Were there times where things, you know, faltered? Sure. But like, it's a, it's the first year just chill. We, we talked about the growth in a lot of players, especially the quarterback play this year, right? That we saw major growth with Bronson Barron's game. Um, took a, took really good care of the ball. There were a lot of, a lot of love balls, interceptions that got, you know, attributed to him that maybe shouldn't have been right. Just because that's the way the stat works, but mm -hmm. an outside hire like coach mental has come in and made a really big impact in his first year. I think that folks in Ogden have seen the value of not necessarily saying we're just going to go with somebody who has, you know, is already in Ogden or there is value in going out and finding guys and bringing them to Ogden and saying, Hey, let's see what this guy can do. So we'll see how the national so, search goes. So here's, here's a, a hot take, if you will. Um, I believe that athletic directors, I've read this about athletic directors. Um, they should have a list of coaches that are on their radar. Right at their desk, sure. they call in a moment's notice. Do we think Tim Crompton has that list? You know, I don't know. <laughs> That's a question. Uh, That's yeah. a question. So, so I mean, we've known that you know Coach Hill is going to go somewhere. I mean, we've talk, been talking about it, and I think that if you listen to, um, if you if you listen to Coach Hill's interviews, you know, there was a a, a Cattails podcast episode where he and um, his wife Sarah interviewed together, and I think you got vibes from that interview that like. The time was drawing near that they were looking to make a move. And so now that it yeah. has come, so maybe, you know, a, a, a athletic director, Tim Grump, Crompton does have that short list. If he didn't, um, he's putting it together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a comment that came up about uh, Coach Bendel not being ready to be a head coach in the West, not a rough recruiting connections geographically. Um, I disagree with that. Um, I think, I think you're right that he doesn't have the, the recruiting connections, but the head coach is not the lead recruiter. The head coach is the finisher and, yeah. and, and just being a head coach, um, out there is going to get you, uh, you know, get your foot in the door at any high school out there. So, um, uh, Chappie's right. There are many great options for a head coach. Um, but, but yeah. most of these guys have a, a recruiting coordinator and assistant who is the powerhouse recruiter. Now, one of the things that the fans like about coach Swan is that he is the powerhouse recruiter for Utah right now. Right. Yeah. And, and he's so recruiting NFL guys, you know, he's bringing guys in, getting them ready and sending them off to the NFL. That's who Colton Swan yeah. is right now. Yeah. So, so again, I think the head coach is more of a finisher than the active recruiter. Um, I think your position coaches are the guys that are more into the day to day of, of the actual recruitment process. I could be wrong. I've never been recruited, but I think that's how it works. Um, and so I, I think that it's about the staff you put around you, not necessarily the head coach in that regard. And that's the question that, that I have on this search, right? Because there's basically two ways, two mentalities of thinking about this. One, the first mentality is we're going to go with somebody with Weber State ties, not necessarily on the staff right now, but somebody with Weber State ties that knows what's going on, that can maintain the program, move it, move it along, and don't rock the boat. That's essentially what they did with basketball. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to, don't want to uh, poop on that that uh, situation all night, but I, I, I think that what you're seeing in basketball is a reflection of that kind of mentality. The other mentality is blow the whole thing up. I think we want a hybrid. I think we want something where, where you want to come in and continue and maintain, keep it sustainable, but maybe bring in some fresh blood that can tweak 
right? We're not looking for wholesale changes as a coach. We're looking for tweaks to get us to the next level. Yeah. Cause like, this is, this is different than, you know, firing a coach and being like, listen, something's yep. got to change. This is a completely different situation where you've got this base coach. Hill feels it's self-sustaining. That's what he said in his interviews. And so you don't want to just throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, maybe make some tweaks around. Cause like what we have is working, you know, the wildcats are competitive. I think the wildcats are a quarterfinals team this year. Unfortunately, the draw was such that you ran into a team that's an honest to goodness contender in the Montana state Bobcats. And so, you know, it was a second round exit that easily could have been a quarterfinals exit, but just the draw was what it was. So yeah. some other names, Sean, that um, folks have thrown out there. So we've talked about, of course, you know, coach mental um, has some head, coach, head coaching experience at the D2 level at Notre Dame college where he came from outside of Cleveland, Ohio, but um, also some other names of folks that are on staff, you know, defensive line and um, co-defensive coordinator, Grant Duff. That name has been thrown out there quite a bit. Um, so not sure what the interest level is or, you know, anything like that, or if coach Duff is applying, but that's a name that people have thrown out quite a bit. Somebody who's already on staff, a lot of relationships. We'll mm -hmm. see about that. Um, some other names that you've heard, Sean. Associate head coach, Brett, Brett Myers. Okay. Offensive line coach as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the short list um, is four guys. I think it's uh, Grant Duff, Brett Myers, Mickey Mennel, and those are the three on staff hires. Mickey Mental because he has head coach experience. Brent Myers as associate head coach. He's, he was Jay Hill's number two. Um, there's a, a natural progression there. Grant Duff because of the great things he's doing on the on the defense. Uh, Jay Hill's guy is there. The other one is Colton Swan. I think those are the four names that have kind of been out there. Anybody else I think would be um, a an outside dark horse, you know, blow us away. Um, but you never know who's going to have interest in this job, right? That's, that's true. Um, it's like we said, uh, it's a national brand now. Coach Mickey Mental, out of nowhere. Exactly going to be my point. Nobody, nobody in Ogden, I guarantee you, there's not one person in Ogden who knew who Mickey Mental was before he showed up at our doorstep. Nope. And we all had to, we all had to Google the name and say, who the crap is that? 100%. Right? <laughs> so, so who knows whose agent is putting calls into the Weber state administration right now, or if they've hired a search firm has put out uh, uh, feelers to the search firm. I, I want to throw this out there and it's not a name. Uh, uh, Fessy Satake is another name that's been out there that I missed. Uh, Former thank offensive you, coordinator at Weber now, you know, down. Um, Brigham Young. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing that I, that I think needs to happen for a coach. And, and again, I'm no expert. The key thing that we need to pay attention to is recruiting day and national signing day, which it's is two weeks, two weeks away. away. Yeah, Two weeks away is national signing day. So um, the only way you salvage a signing class is to have a coach in place before signing day, right? You've got to have somebody in place a day or two before at the very least who can spend 24 to 48 hours burning up three different phones, um, getting out there to recruits. If this search goes on past signing day, you lose an entire class of recruits. And, and that prolongs any change that, that Weber State football would have. Do you disagree or disagree with that, Cole? No, I think you're right. Because for some of those kids, uh, even the kids that have you know verbally committed, um, those things can change, right? Because things changed, you know, with the head coach, you know, the, the, the mantra from the, from the position coaches who are out there do Jay and now it's not play for Jay anymore. It's play for, we don't know question mark. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know what that looks like. And so that can, you know, scare some kids. Obviously it's a little bit easier these days because they do have the transfer option to transfer a little yeah. bit easier than they have in years past. And so, um, probably more willing to take a risk and the brand mm -hmm. of Weber state football is such that listen, you know, you come to Ogden, uh, it's a great place to play football. It's a great place to go to college and um, you'll get your opportunities if you put in the work. And so I don't think that that changes markedly. So that that's a nice thing that the Wildcats have going for them is that it's a gift mm -hmm. left by coach Hill to the good yep. people of Ogden and Weber state university is like, Hey man, I built you a name that will carry you. Let it carry you. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. If, if for some reason they do not have a, a, a head coach named in place in two weeks, because that's a quick turnaround, man. Two weeks is a quick two turnaround. It's quick, but it can happen. It can happen, right? It 100% can happen. It's happened in other places, and those places have turned into home runs. I think what I'm hoping for, regardless of who the Wildcats pick, is 
Wildcat fans obviously were familiar with the Bose with the, the Montana State Bobcats in Bozeman this season, having played them twice and having taken the L twice against, you know, uh, a really good run offense. Um, bringing in Coach Brent Vegan after losing uh, Jeff Choate, who was a great coach in his own right. Um, man, you know, that, that's been a whiz-bang hire for them. It's been really good. There have been a lot of good hires out of the Valley coaching trees lately into the big sky that have made an impact. We're talking about Brent Vegan coming out of North Dakota State. We'll talk about Jason Eck being hired in Idaho, the former offensive coordinator of South Dakota State. It's been a great hire for mm-hmm. them, right? I mean, Jason Eck is just like the, the best social media coach in the conference right now. The dude's just phenomenal. Well, not, not just that. He's one of the best coaches, Yeah, right? Look, Idaho was a juggernaut this year. It had a couple of big wins. Um, they are going to be a tough out. They are going to be a playoff team in the next two to three years. They the, they were a playoff the team this year. Sky, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, my apologies. They I, they didn't last very long. But uh, but they're they are they are going to be at the top of the Big Sky and fighting for that conference title. Shortly. Yeah. Montana is always going to be fighting for that conference title. Montana state is fighting for that conference title. Um, then that's, that's what I want Weber to be. I want Weber to be in that, that upper echelon of big sky teams. And we're in that conversation. And, and so we've got to get somebody that can keep us there. That's why I like the national search is because, yeah. you know, like Chappie was saying here, oh, sorry, I took it down real quick. So I'll put it back up. Funny that the coaching tree at Weber state op- operates basically independently of the rest of the conference. It's true there. You know, you see a lot of like EWU coaches getting hired and put in places, you know, sometimes guys get pulled here, they get pulled there. Um, in football, it's, it's really independent of that. There's uh, there's obviously a, uh, some Utah centric ties because of coach Jay Hill and a lot of guys coming up, but at the same time, you know what I mean? I think that there are options out there and there have been two really good use cases in the conference to say, listen, good football is played in the Valley. And that's where a national search can benefit you because it's like somebody in the Valley might say, you know what? I think I want to take a chance. And then you, you interview them and they talk about what their vision is for Weaver state and what they want to do. And you're like, wow, wasn't thinking of that guy before I talked to him, but now I'm kind of in, you know what I mean? Well, so Kobe, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do job interviews. I've interviewed people for, Oh yeah, dude, I lost my job in the pandemic, a million job interviews, (laughs) but not being the interviewee, but being the interviewer. Oh, asking the questions. Yeah. Yeah. And asking the questions. And so, so when you're in that, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been on an interview panel and you look at the resumes coming in and you're like, okay, I think we're going to like these two people or these three people. And then there's somebody whose resume doesn't shine, but comes in and just blows you away with their preparation and, and what they're going to be and their personality and their fit. Right. And, and so that's, that's the thing is, is you don't know who's going to, who's applying for this job. We are not going to get a public list of candidates, right? Um, nope. We're nope. not going to have a, a come meet the candidate night where, <laughs> where fans get to go to Ogden and sit in the purple palace or the ballrooms at, at the, at the union building and, and say, Hey, let's let's hire this guy. We don't get that kind of say, right? But but we could we could talk about the qualities we want to do. And I think the administration is very aware of this because they've seen the difference that having a quality football program on a national stage. I don't have the numbers. I wish I did. I'd love to see what happened, what has happened with Weber's enrollment in the last four or five years as we've won conference titles and been a player on the national stage. We're not winning a basketball national championship, but there's, but there's, there's quantitative results about how schools that have athletic success get an increase of applications following that athletic success. And, and I would love to see if the demographics of our school have bumped any from, from the, the success that Jay Hill has brought us. Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough to quantify because obviously, you know, you'd have to correlate. But overall, yeah, like you said, the brand is now out there more than it was before. Wildcats, you know, yesterday was the anniversary of the main game. I shudder at that because it was a cold game and we lost. But yeah. uh, that was the only game on in the country that night. Weber State in Maine on ESPN2. That was it. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff. And like you said earlier, Sean, the investment in facilities, uh, that comes with success on the football field. Do you think that if Coach Jay Hill comes in and stinks for four seasons, that we have a north, a, a north entrance? No, no, no. 
donor money doesn't flow in because it's like invest in some losing team. It's much easier to invest in a winner. So there is a vested interest in finding the next step and continuing that winning tradition at Weber State because it's made a world of difference for facilities and for the brand of the university. Yeah. And and to that point, I, I'm going to put out my request to athletics right now. I would like to have bring back the RC Willie best seats in the house and put those on the, the patio outside put the, on the balcony. Office. Yeah, put them on the balcony. I, that would be an awesome place to watch a football game from a oh. recliner. That's all I'm going to say. And I would pay big money for those season tickets. No, man, I don't blame you. Those, those would be amazing seats if they put them up there on the uh, on the balcony of the north entrance. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Best seat in the house. <laughs> well, Sean. Also, we also, could I, could I, as long as we're talking about athletics facilities and stuff, rumors of new turf coming to to Stewart Stadium next year. Yep, that's what I'm hearing. I, I, I want it. I, I. I know they've probably already put the order in. I would love to see a design contest for the field. Now, I don't want purple grass. No, no purple turf. We're, well, not, we're, not, we're right? not doing that. The NCAA won't yeah. let you, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we're not doing that gimmick. Well, we ain't right? doing that anyway. But the the block letters we were state in the middle of the field. The biggest one of the biggest mistakes athletics made 14 years ago. They knew they were getting a new logo. They put a new turf, but they didn't want to reveal the new logo or it wasn't done yet. So they put some weird hodgepodge of stuff put the freaking logo on the field, get us a field that actually looks and, and feels like the branding that we're trying to do. Have a design contest. I think it'd be great. Go W. So that's what I was going to say is like, okay, you're going to put the, you're going to put the logo in the middle of the field. Is it the Tom and Jerry or is it the, is it, you know, the go W right here, right here. That's I mean, the one. I think we, I think we're in agreement one. on the, on what it should be, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. So Sean, um, final thoughts here on Coach Jay Hill ending his nine-year tenure as head coach at Weber State, uh, moving on to Greener Pastures, and now you know a little bit of uncertainty in Ogden. But um, you know, final thoughts. Um, prayers going out to Brad Mortensen, Norm Tarbox, and Tim Crompton. 100%. Um, whatever influence that that a higher power would Allah, God, whatever, you know, whoever you believe in, um, let's make sure we get those good vibes to those guys that would they get this higher right? Because um, my personal enjoyment of Weber State football is going to go up or down based on who the next coach is and, and the results we see on the field. And I hope that we need to have a, a good, a, a, an excellent new coach. And, and, you know, new coaches always bring new excitement. I'm excited to watch Wildcat football. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. And I'm glad they just didn't announce the new coach the day they announced Jay was leaving. Me too. <laughs> Very happy about that. Um, I think final thoughts for me, Sean, I think that you're right. Um, that, that, you know, the, the group that you just talked about in, in administration at the university, they know that they've got to get it right. And so there, there will be some due diligence. They're going to do everything they can to get it right. Because like we said, the success of the football team has really been a boon for the school. And um, it's, it's been good overall, not just for the school, but also for, I think, the community. You know, when you talk to folks and it's like, wait, we were saying they won four straight conference championships. Yeah, that's right. Four of them. Boom, 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 and boom. And take boom. that Sacramento State. Yeah, those freaking guys. But uh, I think that um, I think that overall they understand that they know that, and so there's going to be a lot of attention put to this. Um, And also for me, I I feel personally a little bit spoiled because you know when I was a student at Weber doing my associate's degree from 2009 to 2011, I didn't have time to watch you know football or basketball. And so I didn't watch sports. And so I come into it later, you know, starting with my employment at the university in 2015, the very beginning of the Jay Hill era. And that's all I know for Weber State football really is the Jay Hill era. So for me, it's like, yeah, of course, I want to keep the good times going. Uh, I don't want to go back to the dark days of the, uh, the late 90s and the early 2000s. <laughs> so let me, let me put it to you this way, right? We just witnessed the best eight-year stretch and I'm purposefully leaving off Jay Hill's first year. Uh, um, we just witnessed the best eight year stretch in the history of wildcat football. Yes. That is the good old days, kids. We just lived them. Now I hope that we've got something better and we, but no matter what happens from, from yesterday on, no matter what happens, we've got eight years of quality memories from wildcat football and one man to thank for it. And, and <laughs> good on you, Jay Hill. Uh, I appreciate you because 
I was truly excited for eight years to attend every football game, which was not the case previous. Yeah, because you know why? Every, nearly every single game that the Wildcats played at Stewart Stadium, they were going to be in it. There were very few times where you knew that they're like, man, we're just going to get beat. That didn't happen very often. Not very often. Obviously, you can point to a couple of national contenders that came to Stewart Stadium and knew it was going to be a tall order. But aside from some of those games, like, hey, man, like, we're going to be in this. You know, anybody can come to Stewart Stadium and, and, you know, they can they can try and take it. I, I remember one of my favorite things from a hype video from Coach Hill that Athletics put together is, I can't remember if it was right at, right before one of the playoff games, but they had footage of Coach Hill in the locker room before one of the games, and he's talking pumping to the team. team. He's pumping up yep. the team, and and he, I think it was the 2019 season because they were undefeated at Stewart Stadium that year, and uh, he's like, "We're you know, however many like seven and zero on this field this year. Nobody comes in here and takes what's ours," and I mm-hmm. feel like that mentality encapsulates the Jay Hill, the Jay Hill era at Weber state, and especially making Stewart stadium, a fortress and a difficult place to play. One of the most difficult in the country. Yeah. And, and like I say, when we talk about being excited about going to the stadium on game days, rarely left early, rarely, rarely, rarely left early. Now I know there's somebody in the, in the comments that's going to say, Sean, I saw you leave early at the last home game. The playoff <laughs> game. I'm like, I'm literally in the middle of moving my family in a snowstorm. So, hey. so you give me credit for that one. But, but, and I, I own that I left early on that one, but it was cold and snowing. Uh, but the, and I'm old, but I, we rarely left early and then we were in those games and it, just a lot of fun. I, I look forward to more fun. At, we were state football in the fall. Oh, dude, Bobby went and found out. So Bobby Hall here in the comments, he's got the link for that video that I was just talking about. If you want to see it, it's in, it's in the, it's in the chat here in the Facebook um, feed. So if, check, check this video out on Facebook. You go through the comments, you know, Bobby Hall's got you. Yeah, so thanks. I'm glad we have a crack uh, staff of research people on the, in yeah. the fans in the comments that can bring that up on a moment's notice. Cause I couldn't Google it while we're talking right here. Yeah. Was, uh, like I said, just that, that video is like hype, you know, to me as a fan watching coach Hill pump up the team, it was just like, yeah, like you said, Sean, I'm excited to be at Stewart Stadium, Snow Globe game, just all of it, man. Like, I'm ready to be here because I think we can win. And a lot of times we did. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, we'll put a button on it. The Jay Hill era ends. We'll see what the future brings. But wish Coach Hill and his family the best. Always welcome back in Ogden. All love for you folks in the O. Um, please, you know, build the statue. And uh, let's go Wildcats. So, Sean, we'll wrap it up like we always do, man. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.